Welcome to the Self-Talk Radio Show. Mind-changing radio. Epigenetics and EFT, emotional freedom technique. My next guest is Dr. Dawson Church, an expert in the field, best-selling book, The Genie in Your Genes. He's been hailed by reviewers as a breakthrough in our understanding of the link between emotions and genetics. And I share with him candidly about my skepticism toward tapping and emotional freedom technique. Here's our conversation. I love tapping, and I, I have to admit, I was a real skeptic. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I and I thought it was a bunch of hooey. And my horse, I was riding, and I my horse slipped and fell and crushed my leg. And anyway, I <laughs> my horse is not exactly lassie. He ran off, and my friend went after him. So I started tapping, and I said, even though it feels like my leg is about to fall off, I still love and accept myself. And I did the tapping, and it made my leg feel better. I was able to get back on my horse and ride back to the barn. So I said, wow, there's something to all of this. And I said, I've, I've got to talk to the people who are responsible for it. So I'm delighted to be talking to you. Yeah, and it's usually an experience like that that convinces people the most. And what we try and do when, like I'm, when I'm sharing it with doctors and hospitals and other medical authorities, what I do is I try and get them tapping right away. Because once you've tapped, you realize, you just realize as you as you feel your body shifting, you know there's something going on. If you try and discuss it with somebody and get into a left brain uh, debate with them, it's much harder to convince them. But when your body actually changes, that's when you know that it's been affected. So this um, was ideal because you, you gave yourself an experience. Yeah. Now, you wrote The Genie in Your Genes, which taps into epigenetics. Now, can you define epigenetics? Epigenetics is the study of how genes are turned on or turned off from influences outside the DNA. So we used to think that, this is called the theory of genetic determinism, we used to think that all information for life was encoded in the DNA and the DNA was self-starting and self-perpetuating. That was the old theory. And that, that, that theory held sway for about 50 years in science. But epigenetics then came along and completely upended that theory. And we now know that genes are being turned on and off dynamically from by by influences from not just from outside the cell, but even from outside the body. And it's happening to most of our genome most of the time. And that's this new field of study called epigenetics. Now, what do you mean by a cell being turned on outside the body? Can What switches that gene on and off? A simple example is when you fell off your horse, a whole bunch of things began to happen in your body. One is that you had a cortisol response, and so your cortisol became high, your adrenaline became high, and you went into fight or flight. And so that happened as a result of an external shock to your system. And all of those genes that code for those hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, all those stress hormones, all of those turned on. I was just at the gym this morning, and a similar thing happened to me in that just the act of working out on a bench press or lifting weights or any kind of exercise stresses your muscles, and you have a surge of those stress hormones. Those stress hormones are, are made, they're coded in this case by 
a, uh, a part of our adrenal glands right above the kidneys. And what happens is that the, the genes that code for those really complex proteins, those, um, those stress hormones like cortisol, like adrenaline, are being turned on by either by exercise, by shock, and then that epigenetic signal from outside the body is then instructing those genes to, to make those big complex protein molecules. So that's, that's the process. Now, the other piece of it is that the same thing happens when you talk about this. So say you hadn't tapped. Say you had, you'd fallen off your horse, you'd been injured, you felt really, really shaken up, and you then, say, told your best friend about this uh, a week later. What would happen in your body is that as you mentally reviewed and experienced all the feelings of shock of falling off the horse, you would then be telling your body that signal from your, your thoughts would be telling your body to make cortisol. And so that's why we, we, we find people who were in traumatic circumstances, they are actually making cortisol, making adrenaline, even when there's nothing bad happening around them. And so that is the, the epigenetic effect of thought. Either way, we're turning those, those, those genes on, those genes are making those hormones, those hormones then proceed actually to be at the uh, one one initiation of a chain, a whole long big chain of biological events that happens. Your your heart your heart speeds up. You have more uh, glucose in your bloodstream from your liver. All kinds of, of, of functions in your body shift as those hormones are 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 unleashed in your body. So epigenetics has powerful effects throughout the whole body. Yeah. Now, we should also talk about, um, you had rave reviews for Jeannie and Eugene's, including many who call your research unimpeachable. That's a, that's a tough label to live up to, you know. <laughs> now, did you also suffer ridicule from the scientific community over your findings? Yeah, I'm very, very, really fortunate in that um, I've had a lot of, I go through peer review for my papers and for my books. So this means that I have a whole bunch of tough critics who are looking at them before they're published. And so they, if, I, if there's any kind of scientific error, and then they'll, they'll point those out. So um, that's true for all of my, my research publications, my books, and so on. But um, we, so not really. I, I present to, like I'll be presenting to the, 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 the Veterans Administration, San Diego Hospital. I'll be doing grand rounds there. I've done grand rounds at Fort Hood, the biggest military base in the U.S. Uh, I've done grand rounds at Kaiser Permanente, a big hospital chain. So as I travel around and talk to conventional medical people, really nobody has any, any problem with what I'm, I'm saying because it's all evidence-based. But there is one group that um, is not convinced, and they call themselves the skeptics. So that what they really are is they are, are true believers in their point of view. For, for those guys, no amount of evidence is enough, even though they have no evidence proving it's not true. So that's, that's the one group that, um, that is a really serious obstacle to the adoption of, of, of evidence-based alternative medicine because so many people use and, and, uh, and rely on Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, you also do a lot of work with veterans. In fact, I saw a news story out there. They're trying to find a uh, how to diagnose post-traumatic stress and looking for biological markers for PTS. And your experience, first, first things first, let's explain. We talked about epigenetics and what that is. It's basically switching certain genes on and off um, with outside stimulus, whether that's in your mind, in your thoughts, or a, another control. Have I got that right? Yes, okay. exactly. And then the next thing, 
we want to talk about is we talked about me tapping um, with my horse accident. So let's explore more about what EFT is. Can you talk about that? Yeah, we call it tapping because acupuncture uses needles and acupressure uses just fingertip pressure or uh, tapping on those acupressure points. The same, same thing, same points, but rather than using needles, we put pressure on them, we rub them, or we tap on them. That's why EFT is often called, called tapping. And so EFT has, the full name is Emotional Freedom Techniques, and I'm the author of the third edition of the EFT manual. So I've actually written the, the manual that describes how to do EFT. And um, so that manual is used in all the research, it's used in training, it's used very, very widely to um, to help people get the most out of, out of EFT. And what you do with EFT is you stimulate between seven and 12 acupuncture points with your fingertips by tapping on them. And while you're doing that, you think about the bad stuff in your life. So you might think about something that uh, your boss said to you, like I was working with one lady at a conference and her boss just um, really puts down any new idea that she comes up with. So she's angry at her boss and her boss has this way of sneering at her and saying no whenever she makes a proposal. And so we worked on her tapping with that, that memory of the boss, sneering at her, what his eyes looked like, the things he said, tone of voice and so on. So that's, that's one end of the spectrum where we use EFT. Um, EFT, then, what it, what it does in the brain is really interesting. When we, we have lots of research now showing that when you remember a traumatic memory, it isn't just a psychological event in your mind. It's a biological event in your body. So I mentioned your cortisol rising. If we hook you up to an MRI, what we see is that the emotional part of the brain, the part of the brain that handles fear, attachment, all those emotions, becomes vividly lit up on an MRI when you are thinking about a bad event that happened to you. Or an EEG, same thing with an EEG. You have a lot of, a lot of high frequency waves that indicate stress when you remember a car accident, remember a, a childhood event. And so what happens when you remember the event and you tap is that the brain is now, the emotional part of the brain is now getting two signals. It's getting one signal that says, get stressed. It's getting one signal that says, I'm remembering the, the death in Vietnam. Um, get really upset about that. And then it's getting a second signal from the tapping, this, this soothing experience of tapping on those acupuncture points. And so it's now getting two mutually exclusive signals. One of them says get stressed, get upset. The other says calm down. And when you calm the brain that way, calm the emotional brain, send it those soothing signals while thinking about the bad stuff, you break the association between having that thought, having that memory, having those feelings, and going into fight or flight. And once you break that association, that, that conditioned response, one time, usually, it stays broken. So we work with, with veterans. We work with people who have been traumatized. One veteran, for example, had this vivid memory of his worst day in Vietnam, and it was the day when his best friend was killed by a sniper. And so for over 30 years, he'd had that vivid memory of the day his friend got shot. And um, that particular day, he always went on patrol with his friend, and he always went on patrol where he was on the right-hand side. His friend walked on the left. But that particular day, he was on the left, his friend was on the right. So for 30-plus years, he'd had this narrative in his brain, narrative in his mind, saying, 
that bullet was meant for me. I should have been the one who took the bullet because we, you know, why did we switch positions that day? After tapping, after he worked with the therapist and did the tapping on that memory, he suddenly had this epiphany and he said, you know, I just realized just the way I would have wanted to die for him, he would have wanted to die for me. And he, that veteran felt complete peace in him, himself once he had that thought while tapping. And he no longer had flashbacks, nightmares, and all the other symptoms of PTSD. I tell that story in the EFT manual, and it's really powerful to do that with people. That's called counter-conditioning. And once you break that link one time, it's amazing what happens. You break that link just one time, Sarah, and that link stays broken forever. So when we retest these veterans three months later, six months later, a year later, they no longer have those traumatic memories that are bothering them, causing flashbacks, nightmares, and all the other symptoms of PTSD. That's incredible. My guest is Dr. Dawson Church. He is the award-winning author of The Genie in Your Genes, hailed by reviewers as a breakthrough in our understanding of the link between emotions and genetics. When we come back, we're going to talk to Dr. Church a little more about a quote that I'm really fascinated by that you you said you said don't medicalize an emotional problem and don't emotionalize a (laughs) medical problem we're going to talk about that when we come back with self-talk radio show can't sleep try this sleep meditation offers soothing meditations to help you sleep like a baby and awaken what's inside all you have to do is choose the meditation you want to listen to from our library at sleepmeditation.org click play and enjoy if you want to keep the recording purchase the downloads you want plus sleep meditation offers specials on motivational pieces that help you start positive change stop bad habits or sleep like a baby sleepmeditation.org Welcome to Self Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My guest is the fascinating author of Dr. Dawson Church. He's an award-winning author of The Genie in Your Genes, talking about epigenetics and tapping to have peace of mind, especially for post-traumatic stress. We were talking about your work with veterans earlier, and I wanted to ask, first of all, I, I have the question about don't medicalize an emotional problem and don't emotionalize a medical problem. Can you go deeper into that? Yes, and one of the things we do, I, we, our, my organization does about 100 trainings a year all over the world, and we train just huge numbers of therapists, of coaches, of school teachers, of parents, all kinds of people who, who need and, and want, want to tap. And one of the, the great things is people discover that the tapping works. They have these huge reductions in symptoms. On average, they uh, just a day's worth of tapping, a one-day workshop usually will reduce uh, anxiety and depression by an average of 45%. And so people can can get really carried away with, with the potential of tapping, which is great and wonderful, but uh, sometimes they take it a little bit too far. So um, what we really emphasize to people is that they, they need to make sure that even though tapping is effective, they're still getting good medical attention. So really, really important to both be getting good conventional medical care as well as alternative medical care. It's really important to be getting the best of both worlds. And in, in research, for example, it shows that pain drops by an average of two-thirds after about 20, 30 minutes of EFT. So you have, you have back pain, you have neck pain, you have we've done this with, with people getting chemotherapy, uh, cancer pain, all kinds of pains. And um, we find that their, their pain drops by, by two-thirds. Does that mean that your pain is going to drop to zero? Well, sometimes, but you may need medication for that remaining third. It may be a signal from your body that you need to pay attention to. Maybe the reason you have back pain is that your office chair is, is bad for you. You have 
poor posture. You need to work out more. You need to strengthen your core. So we, 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 we make sure we tell doctors, hey, and, and doctors, doctors and nurses, medical professionals really understand this. They know that a lot of their patients' pain is psychological. And so we have them tap. That, those psychological aspects away, but then you don't become too enthusiastic and say, well, this is everything. This is, I, I can do this on everything, and then not be getting a better chair for your office, not be eating properly, not be exercising regularly. You can't, like, use it as a substitute for proper medical care, proper exercise, proper nutrition, and so on, and people do get carried away because they get such amazing results from EFT. They <laughs> think that EFT is a panacea, and it's not. So that's why we say don't medicalize the emotional side of your pain, tap and, and experience that two-thirds reduction in pain that research shows you're likely to get. But then, if you still have a third of that, that pain left, make sure you then get proper medical help and whatever you need for that, too. Now, when you're tapping, um, <laughs> this, is, this is one of my issues, and you know, I'm just going to tell everyone in the world my issues. When I was tapping, you have to say a, a self-affirmation and say, even though I'm suffering from this malady okay even though i'm suffering from a headache let's say i still accept myself deeply or i still love and accept myself and i i just felt like it was a bunch of hooey and no matter how many ways i tried to phrase it i just could not buy it (laughs) and can you help with somebody who maybe that's i don't really consider myself low self-esteem but maybe you know, help me with figuring that out if if you have such a degree of skepticism that you block yourself from just being open and curious about the whole process. Do you have any words for people who might feel, well, gee, I feel, you know, Dr. Church, boy, you got a whole world that's tapping and, and looking silly. <laughs> and, you know, I felt like a candid camera was going to come in and, and walk in on me at any point, you know. So there's, you know, there's that element going on. And I just wondered if you had a, 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 an answer for that. Well, it does look silly to tap seven yes. acupressure points in sequence, and you can't get around that. Although I have seen people tapping more and more in public now, like in, in the Olympic Games, uh, because EFT produces such big improvements in sports performance. We've done, done a bunch of research on this. Uh, we did, I did a study with, with Oregon State University basketball players, and the difference between the, the experimental group and the control group who didn't get EFT, got to go to placebo instead, uh, was 38% improvement in free throws. So huge, huge, huge improvements. So so if you were tuned into the last Olympic Games, often the camera would catch somebody tapping in the course of, of the game. Uh, sometimes people are tapping in National Football League, NFL, uh, NFL games. Sometimes people are tapping in Major League Baseball uh, games. So it's, it's there in athletics in a pretty big way. Um, so people do, do tap, but still it's not, not widely. I mean, it's not like everyone's tapping all the time when they're stressed. And so... Um, well, wouldn't it yeah, be great? You do, you wouldn't do it be? To, uh, what, what you would also do is you do, you do mental tapping. You can tap. Uh, in, uh, there are some unobvious places you can tap. Uh, you can tap, for example, if you're sitting at a, at a, at a desk, talking to somebody and feeling nervous, you can tap 
with your with your fingertips on your hands under the table. So there are ways that people use tapping where it isn't isn't so obvious. And the the fact is, Sarah, we actually tap all the time. What I in, in the genie in your genes in in my book, the genie in your genes, I have a series of photographs of a young woman, and she's just she's just this young woman, and you just see her. It's like a series of maybe seven or eight photographs, and she's just just like doing normal things with her her hands. And so what you then realize when you put it all together is that we we tap all the time. When you when someone tells you something that startles you, you might raise your hands to your uh, your chest and say, "Oh my goodness, really?" Or when you're trying to remember something, you might furrow your brow and put your your fingers on your forehead. Uh, if you go into a school and watch kids on the playground, especially if they're stressed in some way, then you'll see them tapping all of these acupuncture points. So we we tap these points unconsciously daily all the time. They just really tap all seven of them in an order. It looks a little bit strange. So um, what we also encourage pe- people to do in our live classes is we encourage them to find a particular point they like that where they feel a big release and practice tapping on that. So you might find, for example, that there's one point that works for you on the hand. There might be one point that works for you on the chest or on the torso. And then often you can just tap at one point and feel that big reduction in emotional intensity. So you don't have to tap all the points all the time. Mm, that's interesting. I, I also wanted to ask you about secondary gain. I found this very interesting because oh, yeah. if if you are trying to get insurance coverage, we, we have uh, something going through the legislature right now for um, EMTs who are suffering from post-traumatic stress and trying to get coverage. So if you're trying to get insurance coverage and maybe it it becomes to the point where you are completely disabled by post-traumatic stress, then you mentioned something called secondary gain. And I found that very interesting. Could you take it from there and tell me more about that? We have several programs. We have a, a large nonprofit called the Veteran Stress Project. And over the last 10 years, we have offered EFT to over 18,000 veterans and their family members. And so that is, uh, is, 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 is one place we offer tapping. And we also have an online weight loss program. And so when somebody checks in for our program, enrolls for our program for online weight, weight loss. It's really powerful. We've done a bunch of research. People lose in about in six weeks on the program, they lose about six or ten pounds, but in the next year they keep on losing weight. They lose an average of 22 pounds in the year after they finish the program. So they do not regain the weight. They, they lose the weight permanently. But when they, when, they, when they begin the program, we know they are really discouraged. The average woman loses her body weight. I'm going to say this slowly because it's an unbelievable number. But research shows the average woman loses her, her entire body weight 9.1 times over during the course of her lifetime through diets only to regain it all again after she loses it. So uh, there's this big cycle of weight loss and gain, especially for women. And so when someone starts our, our, our program, we know there's likely some real hidden reason why they can't lose weight, and that's secondary gain. One lady who took the program, she 
had been trying to lose weight for a year. She tried all kinds of diets, all kinds of programs. She would lose some weight, then she'd regain the weight. Again, typical yo-yo, yo-yo dieter. And it turned out when we asked her when she began to get heavy, it was when she was 28 years old. And so we asked her, well, what happened when you turned 28? And she said, well, um, my husband and I are avid dancers. We go dancing usually three or four times a week. We love dancing. But when I was 28 years old, I danced one night with another man, and for some reason, it really triggered my husband. He got really jealous. We had a huge fight afterwards, and he, he shoved me during that fight. And um, that, was, that was really the worst thing in my 28th year. So what we realized was that she had then begun to gain weight, couldn't lose the weight for the next 10 years because the weight was not the problem. The weight was actually her subconscious solution to not getting assaulted by her husband, you see? So that's an example of secondary gain. So you're trying, you're, your conscious mind consciously is saying, sure, I want, to lose, I want to lose weight, I'm signing up for this program, but um, subconsciously there's something stopping you. And we know that people who enroll for a weight loss program have almost certainly got some kind of secondary gain. We, I, I was working with a clinical psychologist friend of mine at a conference just last week and we had one lady who couldn't lose the weight. Turned out that she had um, a, an experience of sexual molestation at the age of four. And so her weight, again, was keeping her safe from, in, in her four-year-old mind, from from that molestation. Now, that's really not a good strategy when you're 48 years old. It's you know, a good one when she was four. Now that she's 48, it really isn't serving her. So we worked with her on that. We had her hooked up to an EEG. We saw huge changes in the way her brain processes information. So that's an example of secondary gain. It's, the, it's how your problem is really a solution to a deeper problem. And so for PTSD, there are often uh, secondary gains for fibromyalgia. I've worked with dozens of fibromyalgia patients, and there's almost always some reason, some secondary reason, why that disease is serving them. We go to the root of it. We tap away the the the, the basic reason that they they got there in their subconscious, and their symptoms tend to disappear. So it's very very powerful to look for the underlying problem rather than just working on the superficial level. Because the problem is never the problem. <laughs> the problem is never the problem. I say in the EFT manual, the problem is never the problem. It's always an underlying problem. It's really weird. I mean, therapists watch me work sometimes at live conferences, and like the, the, the client walks in with a problem and tells me the problem, which I then totally ignore. I just I keep digging for deeper problems because I know the superficial problem is is actually their friend. The, the, your, your, the, the, the problem that gets you into therapy is your is your ally because it's got you into therapy or into coaching. And then that's now you're in the seat. You're there with a the therapist. You're there with a the coach. Now you can work on the real problem. All the all the, the problem was that got you into therapy was your ally to get you into therapy. So now you can work on the real underlying problem. So I tend to just ignore nor all the superficial problems people tell me about, dig deep, find the real problem, and when you solve it at that level, then the superficial problem gets solved as well. Wow. What is next for you? Well, um, a number of things. I'm becoming interested. Uh, I wrote the first draft of the Gene in Your Genes in 2004. That was a long time ago, and it's gone through three editions since, and I keep updating the book. But the, the, the basic premise of the book was really really prescient in 2004, which was that our emotions, our spiritual experiences really affect our, our genome. But now I'm getting 
interested in how it affects our, our, our overall biology. And I'm also going to be interested in the whole topic of how we, we think our reality into existence. So um, I'm working, I'm doing several keynote speeches, several uh, workshops over the course of the next year on the topic of thoughts to things. And I'm tracing in rigorous scientific terms all of the steps by which a thought becomes a thing. And it turns out when you apply rigorous science to that, that, that idea that you can actually prove piece by piece, link by link in the chain, that when you think, when you have a thought, all kinds of things happen neurobiologically in your body. You, there, are, there, there are connections, there are, there are signals happening, being passed through your brain. Those signals are creating electromagnetic fields. Those fields are interacting with other fields, other bigger fields. And then there, uh, there are ways which our emotions, our spirituality, all of these things are, are dramatically affecting not just our bodies, but also the objective world around us. And so I'm, I'm really interested now in this whole phenomenon of thoughts to things and working on on proving scientifically every single link in that chain. Oh, I love that. You'll have to come back on the show and, and we'll exp- <laughs> yeah, I want you back because we'll explore that too. So that is just so fascinating. Dr. Church has been my guest and, and where can we find more information about you? I'll put it up on our website, but yeah, if you can, if you can talk a little bit about a, a URL or a link we can go to. Yes, by all means, go, just go, to my, uh, go to DawsonGift.com. It's my name. D-A-W-S-O-N, Dawson Gift, G-I-F-T, because if you go there, you can download for free the EFT mini-manual. You can also get instructions for eco-meditation, my main meditation method that I teach. And there's a whole bunch of free stuff there, coupons for our weight loss program, for our relationship program, for our fibromyalgia program. We have all kinds of links to certified practitioners, all kinds of useful links through that DawsonGift.com link. So DawsonGift.com is the one place you can go to to get all of, all of the above. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Sarah, I'm just determined to bring this to as many people as possible. And uh, you know, what really troubles me is needless suffering. And so many people are suffering, like you know, people come up at live workshops and tell me they've been, say, carrying a burden of maybe abuse or neglect for 20, 30, 40, sometimes 70 years. Or they have physical pains, they have all kinds of symptoms. And, 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 and the, the thing is that, Sarah, most of this is just not necessary. We don't have to suffer that way. And so I'm, I'm just driven to, to share this with, with millions of people because um, that is my, my, my leverage point to help reduce all that suffering. And so uh, people know that PTSD is curable in most cases. If they know that most pain, two-thirds of pain, do a few minutes of tapping and two-thirds of your pain is likely to be gone. If people just know the stuff, then they, they'll apply it. So I'm, I'm really passionate about bringing this to lots of people and being as convincing as possible, both as a speaker, as a scientist, as a researcher, as a writer, and really, really seeing people lift that burden of suffering. Just this last week at a conference, a woman walked up to me, a little, really short woman, <laughs> I'm really tall, and um, and she, she smiled and she said, you know, I, I was at, at, your, at a conference with you three years ago, and it completely changed my life. Well, I, I've, I've been tapping, I've been meditating ever since, and my life has completely changed. Every dimension of my health is, health is 
dramatically improved. My relationships with my children have improved. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm much more successful in my career. All these wonderful changes since that conference. I can't thank you enough. And she gave me a beautiful gift. And so I, I just love seeing those, that, that story multiplied by thousands every year. And I, I don't want people to suffer with all of these things that are completely curable. So I want people to, to learn meditation, learn tapping, and have that epigenetic leverage over their wellness and their psychology. So uh, it's just wonderful to do this work and to see those shifts in people. So that's what gets me up in the morning, gets me turned on. Oh, thank you so much. Dr. Dawson Church, award-winning author, best-selling book, The Genie in Your Genes, hailed by reviewers as a breakthrough in our understanding of the link between emotions and genetics, and can't wait to see what's coming next uh, with your next projects. Thank you so much for being on the show. Bless you. Thank you, Sarah. I'm Sarah Spencer for Self Talk Radio Show. If you need more information about Dr. Dawson Church's work, The Genie in Your Genes, or anything about epigenetics and EFT, please go to our website, selftalkradioshow.com. This program has been a production of Hall Communications, Burlington, Plattsburgh.